Hey everyone, welcome to Healthy Perspectives. Today you have brand new hosts. Us. <laughs> I'm Wayne Rogers, a copy soup here working at Patients and Purpose, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Hey, I'm Ivy Fold, and I'm an art supervisor here at Patients and Purpose. And together, we make, we make your, your content, content dreams come, come true. <laughs> Today we have special guests fresh from South by Southwest 2019. We're going to be chatting about the event. Joining us is John, our remarkable edge leader, Jeanette, a digital strategist here at PNP and Karen, an ACG and part of the EDGE group. Let's get into the show. Great. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the show, we like to get to know our guests a little better with an icebreaker. So Karen, Jeanette, John, what's something from your recent Google search history that is revealing about who you are? Wow. Take your time. Wow. <laughs> All right, I, I'm on the search for for a new man bag. A new man bag. A new man bag. Yes. And, oh. I, and I'm using like retargeting to my advantage because I want to like be exposed to new man bag companies that mm -hmm. I may not know of. So like, I started a search and clicked on a couple sites, knowing that like a second later I was going to be bombarded. So. So you've been, been using yeah, it. all week I've been just enjoying like targeted ads from uh, man bag companies. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Jeanette? Um, I, I don't know if this is revealing about who I am or not, but my last like five Google searches are all different soup companies in New York City because <laughs> <laughs> unlike Austin, sunny Austin, it is cold and rainy here and it's a good soup day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, big lover of soup, so I feel like I, I affiliate <laughs> with it. <laughs> and Kieran, I, I don't know how I follow that, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, most recently, I've actually been reading reviews of potty training books because we're trying to embark oh. on that with our three-year-old. So it's. Uh, Exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, I'd like to make a recommendation. Oh, <laughs> Super okay. Duper Pooper. Oh, wow. Super Duper wow. Pooper. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a book that okay. comes with a stuffed animal, wow. and it's got a theme song as well. <laughs> we'll talk Which more we about that. Really. In here. We can edit it out, but it goes, I'm a Super Duper Pooper. <laughs> then it goes, I can potty with the best, you know, and then it kind of... You sound yeah, well yeah, practiced in that song. <laughs> <laughs> you want to like, you want to be a super duper pooper. Yeah, yeah. So Noted. Please don't include that in the uh, edit. So, <laughs> so now that we know about the super duper pooper, uh, the soup and the man bag, wearing fashion trends that's taking over 2019, let's cut to the serious stuff. Guys... How long was the longest line at South by Southwest? Oh, geez. How many um, feet are we talking here? This is the, the stuff that people so really want to know. So the Austin Convention Center is four floors, right? And they have a big ballroom on the top floor. And all that's where all of like the main big speakers you want to go see um, are. And the line will go from the far end of the convention center and loop down all four floors. Oh through the God. stairs. So if you want to go see something, show up about <laughs> a few hours early and wait in line. Yeah, which, which we did a few times. Uh, so, I mean, we obviously wanted to, to start off with something a little fun, but we know that you, John, and you, Jeanette, have been to South by Southwest before. Um, and since you guys have both been there several years in a row now, um, we just wanted to know, do you notice any big changes in the healthcare space specifically since you've been going there? Any growth in a specific area of health? 
Um, I would say that healthcare really has been growing more and more at South by Southwest and that we see it really now within so many different um, panels and stuff that we wouldn't have seen in the last few years. Um, but I'd actually say that another trend that we've been seeing over the past few years that's kind of like changed this year um, was artificial intelligence. Um, so in the past years, there's been like so many sessions about um, AI and we noticed like a few differences this year. And this really relates to healthcare too because a lot of these AI sessions were talking about healthcare examples throughout. Um, but the first difference was that there were like less AI specific panels um, and instead they talked about AI within everything. Um, and then talking about AI less in like this big overwhelming way and not really knowing how to tackle AI, but how it can be used as like a tool and doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be applied to um, smaller use cases. Yeah, Baked I think, in. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I heard uh, the chief data scientist from Google say that, you know, one of the panels, he said, I, I can't think of one Google product that doesn't have an AI component into it. So I think, you know, to Jeanette's point, a AI is everything and, and everywhere, um, which is exciting and uh, it can mean really broad, high scale, high impact things like uh, identifying diseases and like really kind of doing, you know, autonomous vehicles and all that stuff. But uh, it could also be very mundane and, and sort of seemingly uh, simple and, and still be very effective. Yeah, and I um, I think one of the things that you had also mentioned, John, when we were talking earlier was about how there was like somebody, I forget who it was, but somebody who said like basically almost like a mic drop moment of a, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not even going to talk about this. Yeah, so Amy Webb uh, every year um, gets on stage and, and her talk is always on the tech trends report. So everybody gathers and to hear what Amy Webb and, and her company has to say about what the new digital trends are. And her report is uh, incorporates numerous sort of data points from uh, different technology factors to political to cultural to um, how these separate independent trends sort of intersect with each other. So it's, it's really, it's not just her getting up there and just kind of going off the cuff. It's very like data driven. Um, so she gave her whole presentation, which was inspiring and amazing. It's also available on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. Um, but at the end, she had like 30 seconds left, and she's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, I didn't mention AI because AI is everywhere and everything, so that's it. And then she just like walked off stage <laughs> and like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's really going to stay with me, that, that idea, because I, yeah. I honestly, prior to this, um, and hearing about your experience at South By, like I never thought about the fact that it's really just everywhere now. It still it still felt to me like a alien sort of technology, but it's when you think about it, it's not. It's in everything yeah, that we're doing yeah. now. Right, yeah. and like yeah. it, some companies are using it way more than others at this point. And one example that a speaker gave was Facebook, and they actually called. Facebook, an AI company that happened to have a social network attached to it. So I, I thought that was very telling and interesting of where we see AI going with these bigger companies and then maybe, you know, eventually throughout all companies. It's yeah. baked in everything. It's yeah. everywhere and everything. And, and uh, a PM, friend of PNP uh, we saw down there, Josh Clark, uh, gave a whole talk about uh, AI as the new design material and kind of thinking about 
uh, even ways to incorporate AI into like UX, right? And mm -hmm. like how to uh, use it in smaller ways. And, and he had a great uh, quote, which is like, just sprinkle a little machine learning on it. You know, that was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's another one that's been echoing in my head since like uh, South Bay. <laughs> yeah, Salt Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to know also, you know, because you you talked a little bit about how AI has been so prevalent and now baked in, but was there anything that you felt was a little stagnant now, having been returning over the last few years? Like anything that felt a little old hat or, you know, just not great? I didn't hear too much about wearables this year as compared to last year. Wow. Or yeah. I think, it, it, yeah, I kind of struggle a little bit because I think there's technologies that, are still very powerful and important, but they're less like buzzy, right? right. So even like I the term that, wearable that the is case, like, yeah. right. it, you know, it's not that yeah. wearables aren't a big thing, they're bigger than right. ever, collecting data, more sophisticated, mm -hmm. but it's just less of a sort of a industry new buzz. buzzy self-buy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it doesn't yeah. mean, right, like it's not necessarily going away, is what you're saying. Like it's yeah. still there, it's just maybe not like the, yeah. not top of the trend report. Right. This year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Or there's some, some companies that, you know, feel like they have the new product and then they sort of go under, but that doesn't mean the category go, goes under. So uh, an example of that is is Jibo. So in last year's South by presentation, uh, we showed the agency and our clients this like home robot called Jibo and it like goes around and it, it's aware of who you are, it talks to you and it just seemed like, oh, this is gonna be like really cool. Um, but there was this video on, on Twitter that showed like Jibos going under. And if you had a Jibo at home, it was people at home that, that showed like Jibo basically saying that he's going away. So he's like, oh. hi, I'm Jibo. Oh. It was nice being part of the family, but I have to go now. And oh. it, was like, it was like so weird seeing like a, no. like, like a robot sort of be sad. That I didn't think this episode was, was going to make me cry, but yeah. now yeah. I'm really like, upset about Jibo. A little bit emotional. You know? He's like living in a little hostel with the Microsoft Zune right now. Yeah. It's like all <laughs> old age technology that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, Kieran. The one thing I would add is like with wearables, I, I would say that I I saw things that were wearables there um, and, and they were talked about, but I feel like that that buzzword doesn't quite have maybe the cachet that it did to John's point. Mm -hmm. So like I was seeing wearables, things like smart clothes, belts, everything described as having an AI component or being smart um, you know, sort of nomenclature, I guess, that is sort of more current and buzzy in that mm -hmm. way. So I, I think some of it is just a matter of wearables was sort of like the new thing. Now they're, mm -hmm. they're here, they're more established, and the spin on them is, you know, now it's smart stuff or mm -hmm. it's AI infused. Um, so I think some of the trends just sort of like evolve and are therefore like presented in sort of a new light. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like they need to come out with a dictionary every year after South by Southwest of like the updated terms for the year. Like, yeah, it's like sort of distilling, separating the hype from from yeah. the yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kieran, I understand this was your first time out there. It was. Uh, you did not have any AirPods or any cool technology out there. You were walking around with the cable headphones. Was it was it daunting to be around Awkward. those? Tech <laughs> gauntlet thrown. Oh man, I feel so outed. Um, you know, I, I had my Apple Watch and my iPhone's success. Um, <laughs> pretty much kept the 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 earbuds in my pocket. But, yeah. Um, no, it, it wasn't. It was funny. Like I, you know, I I had sort of had a picture in my mind of what South by was going to be, and I wanted to make sure I could hang with all the uh, the the tech geeks. But um, no, I, it 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 was definitely sort of a. Uh, 
a welcoming and accessible experience and, uh, you know, really just sort of focused on people kind of sharing, uh, ideas and, and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a totally enriching experience. Yeah. Uh, so since this was your first time, was there anything uh, that you were like looking forward to that you were like revved up to see out there? I, I think my problem was I was looking forward to everything. Like I had starred a million sessions in like the South by app. Um, and so it sort of became hard to, to choose what I was going to go to. I think, um, having a big role here in, uh, like our chatbot capability, that was something I was definitely keen on, you know, learning about it from an AI perspective. Um, you know, I think that was sort of a, a big thing and sort of understanding, um, how might things that are, um, AI driven, how, how should they, how should they engage people? You know, should they, should they be more human? Should they be clearly more, um, I guess machine, machine yeah. you could say. And I, and I think what I came away with a little bit is that it's case dependent. Um, and so I don't know, there was, a, it was a lot of eye opening stuff around, um, not chatbot specifically, but I think re things related to that. Um, and yeah, I, I guess a big learning um, for me is sort of like the the convergence of everything. Um, I really feel like you can't look at too many things in a silo. Um, and that was another big thing that was echoed by Amy Webb is how so much, even on the surface, if it doesn't seem that way, it's interrelated. Um, so that was that was a great thing to experience. Yeah. It seems like companies are, are less intimidated by AI, like you guys were talking about how it's, it's in it from the ground up and it's more now about how innovative they can be in incorporating that into what they're doing. I mean, did you leave feeling energized about what you could bring back to the, to the teams here or were you just tired? <laughs> no, totally. I, I um, completely energized and I, you know, I, I felt like I had all of these, um, ideas that I, I, I can't wait to uh, to sink my teeth into and, and find the right brands and clients to sort of make it work for. But uh, yeah, I, I think you, hearing from all these thought leaders, you just sort of, it's one thing to read articles, but um, I think what the experience does is it, it really just sort of helps ingrain this stuff and, um, you know, make it more of a, of a tangible reality for you. So you think it's worth it to peep for people to go in person to South by what like like was your experience having probably heard about it, read about it, like you said, read articles and then actually going there really made a big difference? Yeah. I mean the great thing is like there were sessions that I missed that I wanted to go to and they they do a great job these days of making it accessible. You know, you can watch a lot of the stuff online. Um but I think having the ability to like make it a focus and be there um, and, and have that sort of be, um, you know, the thing that you're engaged in, I think probably something you can't replace. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things I love in the last couple of years, South by has gotten a lot better about taking their content and putting it online. So, um, you know, even being there, you can only catch a fraction of South by. So there's all these things that you miss. You even have FOMO even when you are there. Mm -hmm. Um, right. but, uh, crazy. Yeah, I know, which <laughs> yeah. is wild, but like on, uh, on the South by Southwest YouTube channel and on SoundCloud, they have a number of sessions. So even myself, like on the couch, I'm like sitting there watching presentations and with my notebook out. So it's literally like equivalent to being there in a lot of ways and I'm yeah. catching and still learning. So like the South by experience is like become more accessible for even people that can't be there. So, 
Uh, if anybody's interested in like watching some sessions, definitely check out like their uh, South by YouTube and, and SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, so you guys spoke briefly about AI. Uh, were there any other common themes or trends throughout the event that uh, you guys sort of witnessed within the healthcare space? I would say a newer trend that I saw at South by Southwest this year was all around digital wellness. Um, so this idea that we have so many of these new technologies, but how do we really make them work for us and add value to our lives rather than taking over our lives? Um, and often this theme was really linked to social media and when, how can we use social media in a healthy way? Um, there was a lot of talk about like vanity metrics and if engagement is you know what we should still be focusing on and if we didn't have this focus on things like likes, would it actually add more value um, to our lives and rather than making us you know a bit addicted to it? Um, and then that related to this shift to more like ephemeral messaging, like stories and um, you know like the Snapchat way of um, using social. Um, but then again, that could also just lead us to see things like video views or reactions to our stories as the new likes. So there were a lot. There was a lot of talk about digital wellness, not just in the social space, but um, across different technologies. And I don't remember seeing that previously. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually reading, a, I'm full of plugs today. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a book called uh, How to Break Up with Your Phone mm. uh, based on an article I read in the New York Times about uh, this uh, sort of reporter who checked his screen time you know, on his phone and he found out that the amount of times he picked up his phone and the number of hours was like four times the national average. Oh my God. So I read this book, I read his article and I like checked mine and my, me and his, we have the same exact thing so oh, it like no. scared me into reading this book and it's <laughs> it's uh but yeah i mean i have to read that that sounds like yeah I it's a good one my screen well, it's right all now. around like a lot of these sessions and what's in the book is around having like a healthy relationship and being more conscious of of uh, how you're using your screen time mm -hmm. um, but definitely a lot of this sort of applies to like as jeanette saying like how does this affect brands and like the content that we deliver for them too so yeah i remember you Kieran sort of alluded to this uh, yesterday when we spoke briefly. Uh, you mentioned that there's sort of this rise in these apps that sort of like constrict the amount of time you're on your phone. So it's funny and interesting to. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jeanette kind of touched on this, but it's the the paradox is like we have all these things that are designed for like addiction and then we have all these things that are meant to balance it out there's like these tech-free retreats there are apps to your point that are meant to reward or punish you if you spend too much time on your phone um even all of like the big players apple google they're you know telling you what your stats are so you can be mindful of them um so there was a lot of talk about you know in sort of achieving that digital well-being how do we design what we're offering our products services um to sort of find that happy medium where we're providing value, meaningful engagement, and it's not just about how do we get people to come back as many times as possible. Um, you know, I, I, not that this analogy works for, for every business or industry, but I think like you think about like owning a car and your relationship with that, and ideally you're not bringing the car back for maintenance, you know, every month. It's the value is um, that it works for you and you know that sort of the support is always there if you need it, but out of sight, out of mind is the value. Um, so I, I think there's something to be said there 
particularly from a healthcare standpoint, because people don't want their healthcare, their treatments to be intrusive in their lives. They want them to enable them to live their lives. So um, I think when we think about what we what we provide, the focus on value, um, I, I think is important. I think another trend that definitely uh, is super relevant to, to pharma and healthcare that we saw, and it wasn't necessarily a big surprise, it's just around voice technology and voice assistance and you know how we could be um, leveraging those in different ways. But um, it was actually sort of taken a level up for me. So it wasn't, there was a lot of talk around having a brand, having an audio strategy for your brand, right? So that's how is your brand experienced through Alexa and Google Home and these voice assistants, but also in terms of like podcasts and, and places where, you know, you don't have a screen, but like you're delivering content in, in other ways. So um, I thought that was uh, really interesting. And, and there was a panel that I went to, uh, it was called uh, the second golden age of, of audio and it was all around podcast. And um, even though that's not a new channel by any means, it's just exploded in terms of a, a content delivery channel. and. I know even at a few a few of our brands here at the agencies are are, are working on uh, podcast content. And I think it's really exciting because we have, it's just such a great way. We we do have a lot of content in the health space that lends itself to um, that audio experience. So I think there's a lot of uh, immediate opportunities for us to kind of think about how we could be delivering those in, in different places. Yeah. yeah, I think about the personal stories that I've always hear and remember. Like I I think about how a lot of times I remember podcasts that I've listened to almost more viscerally than even TV shows that I've watched or movies that I've seen, that somehow that audio delivery and format really like stays with you and I think yeah. pairs well with the healthcare space in terms of being able to tell those maybe more personal and emotional stories that people have or crazy stories, you know, like of experiences they've been through. Um, and now I know there's even something that didn't used to exist, which is voice AORs for companies, like literally having a, you know, an agency or something that is their, you know, agents, voice agency of record, yeah, yeah. which is not something I ever heard of before yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And that's sort of how we've been approaching it with a lot of our brands is really thinking through like a broader voice strategy and not yeah. going in with, We're gonna here's just a, a skill or yeah. here's like a podcast. It's right. kind of thinking, thinking a little bigger. Than yeah. That. One yeah. of the speakers I went to um, said that by 2020, that at least 50% of brands will be involved in podcasts. I don't know where he <laughs> you know, got that stat, but um, he was saying either by creating content or by having ads within the content. Um, but I, you know, I, I think we see this trend growing just in our daily lives too, like with, um, Spotify uh, acquiring like Gimlet Media, how now like when you go onto Spotify, podcasts is one of like the main things you see there. They're just becoming more of a part of daily life, I think. This is so meta. We're talking about podcasts yes. on the on podcast. A podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a low barrier to entry too, I think <laughs> as far as, you know, you can be a brand or an individual and you don't need as much upstart money necessarily mm -hmm. right. to have and provide a great podcast. Um, which is appealing because a lot of times, you know, certainly with any kind of bigger, you know, video or, you know, anything that involves like 3D modeling or it just gets more and more and more complicated to, to put it out there. Whereas this is an opportunity, podcasts are an opportunity for people to, to put something out there at a low cost. And they really work for so many audiences too. Like I went to one really fascinating panel about podcasting for kids <laughs> and it was the examples were adorable, but um, it also showed how 
um, you can really explain some like complicated content to kids through this um, type of channel. Like they had this whole podcast about like what is DNA, and they explained it to kids using a story. Um, so like they made each like DNA was a character and like mm -hmm. RNA was a character and um, they called it creating you know kids cartoons for the ear and I, I really liked I that. that and mm -hmm. I think it shows how you know we can use this medium to that makes me explain make complicated a podcast content. for kids. Feel like I love maybe, that. maybe Barney should come back in yeah, 2019, yeah. right? <laughs> Kinda, you Barney's know. coming back <laughs> <laughs> as a podcast. <laughs> I think just one more thing to add. I, I think there's something about podcasts that like reading, they leave something to the imagination mm -hmm. that I yeah. think is engaging. But, um, you know, so it's it's almost like if done right, it's a um, it's less passive as TV. I feel like TV now, especially like you're you're able to sort of multi-screen while you're watching. Podcasts are sort of, they almost have a leg up on t on the screen and a leg up on on reading in that sense. So it's, um, I think when done well, it, it's sort of a special, special platform. Isn't that crazy? We're talking about South by Southwest 2019 and essentially the equivalent of radio yeah. as yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. you know, I mean. Everything yeah. comes back. It, everything comes <laughs> back around. Everything old is new, is new again. Yeah. That's definitely the case. Um, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the things that were stand out to you, but we haven't gotten as much into maybe what your favorite booth or exhibit, you know, even if it was just like, I know, you know like houses literally get turned upside down and painted over, like all of Austin becomes South by Southwest. Um, but, you know, was there anything that really stood out to you as really cool or, um, you know, just just memorable from the event? Oh, so many, so many choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I could jump, but I, I yeah. think uh, Bose had... Um, an interesting experience where it was augmented reality, but it was it was audio based. Um, so yeah, so by uh, it, it used like spatial audio, so you got to try out their devices. So you, you put on the headphones and you're looking around, uh, and it has sensors in it, right? So, but instead of projecting information in front of you, it, it uses uh, those sensors to deliver audio information. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and they had uh, one. It was like more of a playful use case. Was sort of like a like a band. So when you looked one way, like you heard like the drum section. When you turn around, you heard like the horns. Oh, that's nice. That's uh, really so it amazing. made this an interactive yeah. experience. But but the idea is that it could be used for use cases like you're walking down the street and. Um, you know, if there's a, a sale or giving like directions, right? So it's like it, it would know by the sensors and GPS and um, accelerometers where you are, and it, it would give you sort of directions. I'll make a right turn here. So instead of holding out your phone, looking like one of those people walking down the street, like like, like with me. their head in their phone, mm -hmm. like everyone else, right? Yeah, um, it just does it more in a, in a seamless and frictionless. I would love way. that. Yeah. My mother and myself would both love that. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. the people that are always looking at directions on our phones. I think one thing that I keep thinking about when I think back to South by Southwest this year um, that we haven't talked about yet um, is that non-obvious trends panel we went to. Um, and it, the part that I keep thinking about was when the speaker said that empathy can be a strategy. And I think that totally ties into everything we do here at Patience and Purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It was all about, you know, putting the person first, like about their 
the empathy of what the, their challenge is and their need is and what can we do to help you know create something to help address that challenge. So the examples that he gave were actually very like health related. Um, so for example, like Tesco using a empathy as a strategy and creating a relaxed early checkout or a relaxed checkout so line for people with dementia that want to you know take a, a longer amount of time than is usually expected while checking out. Um, or another supermarket that opened you know, an hour early for um, people who don't necessarily react well to like loud noises and crowds. Um, another one was herbal essences or herbal essence creating a shampoo bottle for visually impaired people. So like the shampoo would have uh, circle dots on the outside and the conditioner would have like stripes. So thinking about those like little things that, you know, maybe brands don't normally necessarily consider, but by using empathy as their strategy, they were able to create these products that actually make big differences in people's lives. Um, so that, that really stuck with me. Yeah. I, I love that. And I feel like that's such a unique way to, let's say, just start off a brief, like right. even mm. in a very simple level, you know, like what's our strategy, empathy for our yeah. consumer or customer, whoever it is. Yeah, and I think this was part of one of the sessions I went to, but probably the most remarkable thing that I saw and, and sort of heard spoken about was um, it was in one of these uh, one of the AI sessions. It was about AI as a storytelling device, a creative tool. Um, and this woman was talking about working on a project uh, where they are trying to not only keep the stories of Holocaust survivors alive, but allow people to um, experience those stories in a in a dynamic, um, two way. Um, way so not just reading a book or watching a movie but essentially what they're doing is they're capturing all this video footage of these Holocaust survivors they they captured over 55,000 hours of footage right and using AI they're actually allowing people to 50 years from now have a conversation with somebody who survived the Holocaust where wow. you could actually sit down with a, a holographic representation of this person ask them a question and the machine learning will dig up the response from the video footage so that they can have sort of this real-time conversation with you. Yeah. So um, think about that, not even just Holocaust survivors, which is incredible in and of itself, but if that was available on a personal level yeah. with loved ones that may have gone before their time. Yeah, yeah. there's actually in, in the South by Expo, you know, you, you always see a lot there, right? So that's like a place where you, you meet with different vendors, you see different product companies. It's international too, so there's but there's always some some really like out there wacky ones. I think last year we talked about the uh, teleportation of sushi making, where it's like using <laughs> 3D printing, using um, sort of edible materials, um, and, and those guys were back again, which is fascinating. But there was one around that idea, but it was it was it was it was something definitely very off about it because the idea is that. You install these volumetric cameras around your house, and they showed a, a product video oh. of like grandma and grandpa, and everything from them like watering their garden to like taking the dog out, and then it becomes this family treasure box where like later on you could go back and 
see how grandma, you know, made her sauce. And it was just, we were, it was just very, very That might be weird. a little yeah. too close to Black yeah. Mirror. Yeah, it was very was Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're, you know, recording every second of your lives. I was right. thinking of it more like a like an interview process. Like you sit down with, you know, your, your grandparents or whatever. And you oh, right. have an interview that, yeah. and capture that. And then somehow like later down the yeah. line, it's like you bring them back, which is kind yeah. of crazy. I mean, when I thought about like what, we do and we're always sort of featuring patient stories for all of our brands i mean in terms of like engagement mm. it, it, that just sort of blew my mind like mm. imagine being able to have this conversation with somebody who's you know taking the treatment that you're interested in um where again it's 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 way more two-way and less i just get to hear their story and and sort of sit there and observe but i get to to interact and, and almost sort of experience for myself what it might be like to be in their shoes so that was just super it eye-opening makes it mm -hmm. potentially less scary if you're yeah. you know about to go through something if right. you really feel like you're getting a taste of it beforehand yeah mm -hmm. that's amazing but i think that also speaks to the fact that technology in a lot of ways is neutral it's it's how you use it right mm -hmm. so if, if it's used in a very purposeful smart way it could be very impactful but you know with the wrong execution and the wrong design it's grandma watering the garden. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, y were there any sort of technology or uh, innovations out there that you guys saw that you thought would be great to pull through for your clients? Uh, was there anything that you wanted to speak on? I mean, anybody who's spoken to me recently uh, knows that I'm very passionate about augmented reality and, mm -hmm. and like kind of where we're at with the technology and, and the the both like the short term and the longer term opportunities, but um, I, I went to a great workshop there with uh, um, it was a, a UX lead from uh, Huge as, as well as uh, the developer of this augmented reality prototyping software, and uh, it was just really cool to kind of see how these augmented reality experiences can be created pretty quickly uh, and, and could be used. But I, I do think there's a, a great opportunity to. Um, sort of bring our content to life in new ways using the technology, using people's smartphone devices um, to help kind of take something that's sort of flat, whether it's like a flat digital piece or something that's a print piece and, and bringing it to life and making it uh, interactive. So. Yeah. yeah. I saw something cool recently where it was like a, a, an app connected to a children's book or a children's coloring book I think is what it was where when you hold the phone over the book it actually like creates this three-dimensional almost pop-up world of the coloring yeah. book that shows you like all of these different versions of it that you can you can create by just starting to color in the book and I thought that was like that blew my mind yeah it's like that's amazing yeah so something like that but thinking about it from maybe even a patient perspective of like bringing to life the actual steps of an experience or you know um, even just taking out some of the stress of paying a medical bill, you know, when you think yeah. about when they're further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like this idea of, you know, it made me think about it differently, but it's it, like the whole world is a, is a canvas, right? Yeah. So when we think about delivering things, it's like, how do we put something on a printed piece or on a digital screen? When you think about augmented reality, it's like everywhere. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. could kind of yeah. Be, uh, that wall, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All space. So. Yeah. I mean, I think what's exciting about, AR and sort of the broader XR space, as I, I learned that uh, amidst the alphabet soup of, of AR, VR, MR, um, it seems like the prevailing thought is that XR, extended reality, is kind of the the spectrum, mm. so to speak. Um, but that we're we're sort of getting really close to, I think, the tipping point where 
Um, I think AR is probably the most mainstream because of um, use through the phone and um, how it's built into to platforms like Insta and, and Snapchat. But um, you know, I think we're hearing a lot of the experts, and one of the ones I heard from was uh, um, somebody who helps run actually CES, and they were talking about how usually when you start to see um, kind of all these products show up around you know a trend or a technology there that's a pretty strong indicator of we're close to the the mainstream tipping point mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he saw so much uh, from an XR standpoint so I think um, it's it's been talked about and, and hyped a lot it kind of feels like we're we're maybe moving past the hype cycle and into um, making it, it more of a reality for everybody. So yeah. it's it's exciting. A reality for everyone. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I kind of felt the same way. I just recently saw this uh, Burger King commercial. Oh, Did you yes. see that too? So cool. Where so, they're yeah. giving away free Whoppers if you just like burn down all of other fast food ads. <laughs> so if you see a fast food ad and you like augment reality it and burn it down. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, it's because like the, the Burger King app like registers like the competitor ads. Yeah, so you can oh point to it. So they, ga they gamify it a little bit. How did I not know yeah. about this? Yeah. Like That's amazing. Yeah, they're <laughs> always hilarious. Yeah. So um, are you guys still planning on doing a road show this year? Uh, and if so, what will you be talking about bringing around to the team? Yeah, so I think. One one of the best parts of South by is beyond experiencing it is uh, kind of taking everything that we've learned, everything we've been talking about here, and kind of putting it into uh, a presentation that we showcase here at the agency and around Omnicom and with our clients. So um, yeah, we're going to be hitting the road in a couple weeks, kind of sharing what we've learned, showing a lot of examples. Um, so a lot of the things we talked about here will be discussed in a little more detail, as well as like a number of things that we haven't covered here. Uh, we also have like leave behinds with videos and resources for people to, to go deeper, but it's uh, it's it's a great to kind of both experience this and then share it out to, to the awesome. world. Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like you need a branded bus to go around. Like, <laughs> Definitely like t-shirts maybe, you know, the dates in the back. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> nice leather jacket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that we know about the uh, technology that we're going to pull through, were there any huge takeaways from the event, uh, sort of like crystallized statements uh, that you guys felt so, so, sort of summarizes this year, South by Southwest? I feel like we kind of touched on this before, but I think my biggest takeaway is that as we talk about all these different trends, it's really impossible to talk about one without talking about all one, uh, one or two others. Yeah. So th it's all just so interconnected. And that's my biggest takeaway, I think, this year. Interconnectivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Jeanette said it best. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, it's hard like, to yeah, top it's, that. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were so many, like, you know, quotes that stuck in my head. Um, one of them was, uh, the easiest way to predict the future is to invent it. Um, and so, like, you know, I guess when you just think about sort of, like, from an innovation standpoint and um, not necessarily piggying, piggybacking, but, but making that innovation meaningful and making it your own, I think there's... Um, one thing that's that I think was abundantly clear is there's just so much opportunity, both big and small, to be innovative. Um, and it, I think it says a lot about um, your brand, you know, your product, your service, uh, to kind of blaze a trail and and um, set that brand apart. So um, I'm I'm sort of excited about finding a finding our spots where we can 
we can do that for for everything we work on. I think it's a, I think it's a good challenge, but I think more than ever, there's a lot of these technologies that again are like have long term implications are going to be like way more prevalent. But there's also a lot of short term ways of getting in now and, and learning and making impact and and things like that. So I, th I think our challenge is kind of taking all these many technologies that are growing and figuring out what are the right opportunities for each of our clients too, because I. It, you can't play everywhere, um, and a lot of these technologies aren't necessarily proven. They don't have uh, benchmarks. I mean, everything's measurable, right, of course, but there's no standards or, like, true sort of measures of success. So it's up for, for us and for our brands to really kind of define what we think success could be and then measuring against that over time. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to kind of let all this stuff continue to marinate and kind of figure out what, what we think are the best things to, to put forward. It's an exciting time. So last question. Um, everybody always talks about the barbecue in Austin, but we wanted to take a little bit of a different <laughs> different spin on this question. Any good grub in Austin outside of barbecue that you guys tried while you were there that you would recommend? There weren't there weren't a lot of vegetables to be found. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any vegetarians in the room? I don't know, but donuts, yeah. maybe. That was, donuts, that was tacos. Yeah. 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 We we had we had like a we had a donut streak. Yeah. We, a donut we, a day. A donut, donut a day. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. the other <laughs> phrase. A donut a day keeps the doctor away. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Not about the, the second Austin part, but makes <laughs> 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 makes you happy, I think. Yeah. <laughs>to John, Jeanette, and Kieran for spending time talking with us today about South by Southwest 2019. Again, I'm Ivy Fold. And I'm Wayne Rogers. And we'll catch you next time on Healthy Perspectives. Bye!